Tonight we're going to start a new series called Unashamed, and the first part we're going to look at is Pursued. I want to ask you a question. How many of you ever pursued something? How many ever pursued something? When you normally pursue something, what do you normally do? Hmm? Think about it all the time, okay. Make time to do it. Anyone else? It becomes a priority, right? You usually will do nothing to stop, right? To get to it. It's just like a lot of times in our lives when we really want to do something, we will find a way to do it. Even if it seems impossible at times, we will find a way to do it because we really want to do it. You know, for a lot of us in this room, I don't know how many of you have ever, um, you know, how many of you have ever been like on a climbing wall or anything like that? Anyone ever on a climbing wall or like a fake mountain or anything like that? You know, those things. What do you do? You're trying to reach the top, right? And some people will do everything in their power to keep holding onto that wall because they want to what? Reach the top. They don't want to fall. They're scared. You know, because usually the person at the bottom is the one you depend on. You just want to reach the top. You pursue, you give 100%. Just like any of you in this room who have ever tried out for a sports team, same thing. You're going to give 100%. You want to show the coach that, you know what, I really want to be on this team. Now let's be real. If you're trying out for a team, but just slacking off, you know, you're doing your own thing, you know, you're just like sitting on the, you know, on the bench and just cracking jokes, what's going to normally happen? What's going to happen in that situation? You're not going to get picked. You're not, not going to make the team. It's just like us in our, our lives as we think of Christ. There are so many things that hold us back when we try to pursue Christ. You know, think about you and your relationships. That special guy or girl comes in your life where you think that, oh, you know what, I really like her. You do stupid things sometimes to pursue her, right? Right? Don't you do stupid things, especially guys? We do. You know, we try, you know, on the basketball court, like we Michael Jordan and stuff, trying to do all this, you know, dribbling and stuff and trying to do all this stuff, and next thing you know, we, look, we don't look too good, right? Am I correct? And some of you girls don't act like you don't do it too. You pursue guys. You do all that you can to be noticed by guys. Right? Nah, some of you do. Not all. Not all. Some of you do. But this, tonight we want to look at pursuing Christ. 2 Timothy 2.22 says this. And this is going to be our text for basically the whole night. But this is it. So flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Our first point tonight is unashamed people pursue away from the cultural norm. Whatever culture says, that is kind of not what we want to pursue, but that is what the world is telling us to pursue, and that's just something that us, as when we think of our lives before Christ, we want to be in the world. We want to do things like the world. We want to be accepted by the world. We want to be just like the world. A part of pursuing something is fleeing something as well. A part of pursuing something is fleeing. If I'm going to pursue Christ, I have to, first of all, do what? Flee, what does it say? Flee what? Youthful lust. What are some things that we are lust over? What are some things we lust over? 
phone, clothes, food, shoes, games. Huh? Is that games, right? Yeah, games. We lust over a lot of things, right? They become our priority. We like do anything to lust over. We'll do what we can. Flee youthful lust and passion so you can make a difference, so that you can be different. You see, if I want to say I'm going to pursue Christ, I have to put away those things. You ever met people like that who just can't live without a phone? That they just always are on their phone like this, and they're like, you know, yeah, you know, they just keep on, they can't do anything. Like they can't do anything without this. Like they just can't put this down. You ever met anyone like that? Yeah, right? The only time y'all put it down is in school, and even in them times, y'all don't lie, y'all sneak it in school when you ain't supposed to have it, right? How many y'all do that? Wow, she just like called you out, man. Wow, I didn't tell her to point no fingers, but anyway, that was just how it was. A sub point says sinful desires have become normal and expected in today's world. You see, in the world we live in, we are expected to be sinful people. We are expected to pursue the things of the world because that is what the world teaches you. The world teaches you that you can't be no different. The world teaches you that if you don't do this thing, you will not be accepted. We can look at it later on and think of our friends and think of the relationship that we have. Are those things really helping us pursue Christ or are they pulling us to, away from Christ? You see, the pursuit of God involves repentance. What is repentance? What is repentance? Anyone know what repentance is? It is to stop and turn away from something. We repent. We stop and turn away from something. That is what repentance is. We stop and turn away from the world and we say, you know what? I'm fleeing these things. Now, am I telling you that phones are bad? No. Am I telling you that clothing is bad? No. Am I telling you that if you're attracted to a girl or guy, that's bad? No. But it's when we dwell on these things when they become the priority in our lives, when they become everything that we're about. You see, loss, as we think about it, it is a serious thing. Because what did, what did, what did Jesus say about even a man who lusts at a woman, who looks at a woman and lusts? Do you remember what he said? When he's married, what did he say? You have what? You already committed adultery. You've already committed adultery in your heart. You see, when we think of our relationship with Christ, it's almost like a marriage. You know, we're the bride of Christ, and we have to please him. You see, the problem is that we try to get so close to the world that we don't even think about fleeing. Second point is this. Unashamed people pursue after godly qualities. You see, it's not enough to just say, I'm going to repent away from these things. But I have to pursue something else. You see, the thing is, when we think of our lives, we have to understand that we're all pursuing something. We're either pursuing everything in the world or we're pursuing Christ. There's no in-between. There's no in-between. Think of the Apostle Paul for a second, and this is who you know, wrote this book. Think of what Paul did. Paul was a very passionate person who killed Christians, right? Don't you remember when he killed Christians? Well, what did he do? When his when he passion changed and he started to pursue Christ, what did he do? He did everything he could for Christ. Didn't matter to him. Didn't matter if he was, you know, died for it. It didn't matter whatever it is he did. It didn't matter to him because he wanted to pursue Christ with everything. 
The question for me and you is this, what is holding us back? What is holding me and you back from pursuing Christ and looking and pursuing godly qualities? What are some godly qualities? What are some godly qualities that we could think of? Passion. Compassion. So let me ask this question. This is a, this, all right, so if, we, if you guys say you're a Christian, what does a Christian look like? How should a Christian look like? How should a Christian act? Because this is even a sub-point that we look at. In order to be Christ-like, we have to act like Christ. In order to be Christ-like, we have to act like Christ. What does that look like? What does Christ look like? Hmm? Loving. Caring. Forgiving. These are some serious things, right? Now, is it easy to love others all the time? No. Is it easy to forgive others? No. That's why we have to pursue Christ and become more like him. Because he is saying that in order to be Christ-like, we have to act like Christ. You see, Christ was righteous. Christ was faithful. He was loving. He was peaceful. And in our lives, we need to try to imitate Christ. And that's the first thing we need to understand. We need to understand if we're going to imitate Christ, what does Christ look like to us? What does Christ look like? When we sit and think of what Christ did on the cross for our lives, I mean, it's mind-blowing. The thing that a man would come to leave everything in heaven, the perfect life, to come and live a life to be crucified, which was the lowliest death of anybody at that time, and be a man who did absolutely no wrong to die. Romans 3 talks about it, and it says this, it would be easy to die for someone who was good, or someone that we like. But Christ came in this world and he died for us when we wanted nothing to do with him. That's called sacrifice. That's called love. What about us? Are these the qualities that we have in our lives? Do we people see Christ in us? Because I can guarantee if I ask you in this room, how many of y'all are Christians and you raise your hand, I don't want you to. I guarantee you, majority of you will raise your hand. But the question is, how different is your life from the day that you said you came to know Christ as your Savior? You see, pursuing godly qualities looks completely different than pursuing worldly qualities. Pursuing worldly qualities looks worldly. But pursuing godly qualities looks godly. Simple. If you want to look godly, pursue godly things. In Galatians, talk about the fruit of the Spirit. Let's see it. The fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. These are the qualities that are supposed to be in us. Now, am I going to sit here and tell you that I have it all together and the, I am perfect in all these qualities? No. I'd be lying to you. Patience is the hard one. Right? Joy sometimes is hard, right? Because we look at our circumstances, we look at sometimes what we think that we have a hard life or something go our way, and we think, oh, man. But when we sit and think of what, how much we have compared to some others, we'd be even more satisfied. The third point is this. Unashamed people pursue alongside other believers. 
You see, we need to understand that a community of other believers brings encouragement and accountability for all who are committed to Christ. Which brings me to this point. How many of you, as you think of your friends, how many of you would say that, you know what, my friends are a godly influence in my life? How many of you could say that, you know what, every friend that I have, you know what, they, they just help me in my relationship with the Lord? Well, how many of you could be honest and say, you know what, I got a lot of friends who, to be honest with you, I act totally different around. They bring out the worst in me. Let's be real, you all have those friends. You all have those type of friends. And we need to understand is what, as we think of this fleeing um, youthful passions, we have to understand what he's saying there. We need to understand that God wants us to have a community of believers that encourage one another. Have friends who, you know what, keep us accountable. You know, let's be real. How many of y'all do a devotion? Any type of quiet time, a devotional, anyone does any type? I don't want you to raise your hand. Just think about that for a second. All right? Some of you do a devotional. When's the last time or you or a friend, you know, you say, you know what? I want you to keep me accountable. I want you to ask me when I, if I did my devotions today. That's the type of friends that we need to have. Not the friends that, you know what? When, we go, when I go over to their house, I watch some bad movies. Or when I go over to their house, I do things I know I'm not supposed to do. I can be honest with you. When I was your age, you know when I got in the most trouble? In my friend's house. Didn't happen in my house. Because I didn't want to get catch in my house. But when I went to my friend's house, and he said, okay, let's watch this movie, all these other things, let's look on the internet, that's when I got in trouble. And you know what? Today is so much easier for you. The access what you have today, and don't, and he, don't play like, you know, I don't, you don't know what I'm talking about. It's a serious thing. And we're going to look at this later in the new year about pornography and things like that. Because it's real. You can look at what culture teaches because it's real. Things that are acceptable. But when we think about friendships, we think about friends, are our friends helping us in our relationship with Christ? Are they helping pursue Christ with us? Or, some of us in this room, we could be honest and we say, you know what? Nicholas, I have two types of friends. I have my church friends over here, and I got my school friends over here, and when I come to church, I act completely different, because you know what? I gotta fool everybody. But when I am in school, no one knows what type of person I really am. You know, unashamed people pursue alongside other believers. Which brings us to the final point. Unashamed people pursue with a pure heart. Psalm 23, 3-4 says this. Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord, and who shall stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to what is false, and does swear deceitfully. Even if you look at our text, but it says this, so flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness. You know, we have to understand it doesn't just say flee something. It tells you to pursue something. It tells you to pursue something. It 
Encourage you to pursue faith, love, and peace, along with those who are called from a pure heart. You see, there has to be a change made and transformation of our hearts. You see, if our hearts aren't transformed, if only our minds are transformed, then you know what? Nothing's going to change. Nothing. You know, when I think of, of my life as I was a teenager, I, I could fool a lot of people. I had a lot of people fooled. I had a lot of people thinking that, you know what, I was this big godly person. I came to one, I could pass sections, I could recite scripture, I could do all these things. But you know the bottom line is? My heart was impure. Because I had it all up here. All, just in my mind. Nothing was transformed my heart. You see, it needs to work this way. Where the heart is transformed, everything will be changed. The heart is what makes a difference. You think about it for a second. If you, just have, if you have your heart into something, what happens? You get 100%. But if only your mind is there, what happens? What happens if only your mind is there? Do you give 100%? No, right? My, only my mind is there, but if your heart is into it, you know what? I'm going to give 100%. I'm going to do everything I can. So I want to challenge you as we think about this, as we continue this series. What has your heart? What has a hold of your heart? Is it the culture? Is it the world that has your heart? Or is it Christ? You see, there's no in-between there. It's nothing that we can say, yeah, you know what? I, God has my heart on Sunday and maybe Friday. But you know what? The world got me the rest of the day. It doesn't work that way. If we're going to pursue Christ, we've got to pursue him with everything. So I challenge you tonight, if there's something that is holding you back from pursuing Christ, repent from it. Turn away from it. Because the reality is if you don't repent, there's not going to be no life change. Because you're going to hold on to that. Let's be real. All of us have idols in our lives. Every one of us. But we need to give them up. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Father, I pray that you would help us to pursue Christ. To help us to give up those things that distract us. Help us to um, repent of those things that get in the way of our relationship with you. But Father, most of all, help us to um, be more like you. Father, I pray that you'd be at each one of these students, that you would help them to um, just see the things in their lives that they need to give to you and that they will. And we just thank you. We praise you for all you've done in Jesus' name. Amen.